Hey, 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 welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. On this episode, I'm really super excited to be having a chat around property, around wealth, around success, and how people can literally get started onto the property ladder and build their own portfolio. We're going to be talking about, you know, what is the property market really saying in the north? Uh, somewhere like Leeds, for example, uh, because this particular individual I'm going to be speaking to is a northern property-based investor, but deals in property across the whole of England. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of, you know, see, you know, how the northern market are, the, you know, um, London market and every type of market that we have within the property space. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. So without further ado, I want to welcome my main man, uh, Dan Buchan. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. And if I don't, please make sure to correct me. And uh, yeah, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you very much, Daniel. And uh, it's a great name to share with yourself as well. So yeah, no, just Dan's all good with me. So yeah. Great, fantastic. Thank you for thank you for taking the time to come and spend, you know, you know, this amazing afternoon with myself and just, you know, talking about property. So for those who don't really know you, let's kind of get to it. So who are you and what made you what made you start in property? What made you become a property investor and a solution provider within the property space? Cool. Thank you very much. First of all, it's, it's fantastic to be here. And just want to say thank you to the uh, listeners and your listeners as well for having us on. You know, hopefully we're going to be able to share a lot between the two of us over the next uh, bit of time we've got. Um, what it was that got me into property, Daniel, was like, I'm not afraid to say it, I wanted to be wealthy. You know, I wanted to be rich. And there's, I think that a lot of people nowadays are out there are somewhat afraid to say it. it's not politically correct sometimes. Um, so I, I happen to be based in Leeds now. I've been in property for at least 10 years. Although I still look like a teenager, um, but, uh, you know, but um, I grew up in Southeast London, and if it's all right to share just a little bit of that, the beginning absolutely. of that story, absolutely, that uh, makes it, that makes it more interesting, you know. Oh, mate, it's because um, you know it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster, and where where I am today, I wouldn't be possible without a lot of growth. So, um, I used to think that making money was done by getting a job. You know, I was brought up in a middle class family. If you ever seen the in betweeners, you know that was pretty much me. Uh, one of the four in between us, you know, my mum was an accountant, my dad's an auditor. The idea was you go to school or university to get a good, get a good degree and then go and get a job. And I wanted to be wealthier younger than that. And for a lot of us listening, sometimes you have that inner hunger that makes us stand out from the crowd, makes us a little bit different from others. And Daniel, I know a lot of your listeners will have that as well. Yeah. And so my aim was to make a lot of money. So the day I turned 16, I went and got a job at the the local Argos, you know, the people that helpfully place items on the conveyor belt, you know, that was me doing a stay out 10, 16. And yeah. then I realized that wasn't quite enough. So I took a gap here when I was turned 18 and decided to get another job. I got a job as a night job. So, you know, by the time I was 18, mate, I was uh, working from 10 till four in, in an Argos from nighttime all the way through from nine at night till six in the morning you know, in this huge refrigerator almost in southeast London. It was a warehouse. And my goal was just to make money. You know, I like a lot of young kids, I had a dream. I wanted to be the cool kid. And I wanted a Peugeot 206 convertible. Yeah. Black, Daniel, with red, <laughs> wow. red leather seats. That was my dream. That was going to get me all the, let's say, attention, uh, you know, that I wanted and stuff like this. Um <laughs> And so I thought, yeah, I've got to hustle and work hard for that. And it still wasn't quite enough. So I got another job, got a third job on top being a mystery shopper, you know, sort of checking whether or not people are doing good customer service and that. And mm. 
I'd basically run out of time to exchange for money, you know, because I was working 10 till four and then doing a little bit of mystery shopping and then nine till six in the morning, maybe having a nap then before going back to this other shift. And it was all six days a week and then some shifts on a Sunday as well. But I don't know if you ever tried to hold on to money like that. It's kind of like trying to hold on to sand. Yeah. You know, a lot of it slips through your fingers. It slips through the finger. It's like it's like it's almost like going to the to the to the stream to fetch water with a, with a basket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's no good with all the holes in. So uh, I knew I had to do something different. And like many people who are interested in wealth, we explore different things. So I right. went to um, the fountain of knowledge, like any self-respecting person would do, straight to Google on how to make money. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I came across spread betting, which is you know essentially speculating i would call it now on the financial markets and i imagine perhaps for yourself and you've also for a lot of your listeners you've seen and tried different wealth creation techniques 100 percent. It, it was no different for me you know i was drawn to network marketing i was actually a gas and electric salesman for three weeks because that suddenly sounded appealing and until i saw the reality of it you know but one of the ones that in particular that my business partner jamie york and i did was betting on the the, the stock markets you know, so rather than owning stocks, you actually bet on them. It's very high risk, very high reward. But we had a bit of nous about us and we were fortunate enough to make quite a bit of money when we were quite young. Um, so we made about a quarter of a million doing that. And it was like, you know, and what do you imagine, Daniel, is like being a 19-year-old teenager um, with that sort of money? You know, how quickly do you think that might disappear? Very quickly. Well, we, we had no financial education. You know, the stuff that me and you teach nowadays that you've got in your book, I didn't have that knowledge. And so, you know, I went away to university in the University of York. Um, Jamie went to university in London. And very quickly, that money disappeared. You know, I was doing stuff like I'd get a taxi to university, even though it was in walking distance. Um, <laughs> I did buy a car, but it wasn't a Peugeot. It was a, it was a Mercedes. Yeah. And when my parents came up, I'd hide it around the corner because I didn't want them to know. Right. And so all sorts of silly things. And that money whittled away. There was one night in particular where I was playing a game of pool uh, and, you know, chatting to a couple of the girls at the bar and it was all going very well. But within five minutes, like I'd lost the game of pool and the, the girl wasn't interested. So in a bit of a semi-drunken huff, I was like, oh, you know, screw this. I'm going to go to the computer lab and just make some money. So I totted off, did that. And within the space of a few minutes, lost 900 quid. And it was a bit of a watershed moment because I realized that this money that like I've tried having a job. And for many of you out there, maybe you're in that situation or inspiring to get out of that situation. And that wasn't good for creating wealth. I tried doing something different on my own. And what happened was I got into a situation where like I'd lose 900 pounds in, in the space of a few minutes and it wasn't replacing itself. So I wanted something more solid, more stable with solid foundations and, you know, property fits all of those. And I'm interested to hear how for all of us, there's always a moment, isn't there? Yeah, so absolutely. I'd be interested in that, Daniel, where it was for yourself the first time you thought, hmm, do you know what property is worth a look at? For me, it's quite a very interesting one, which I normally call divine intervention for me because I was an Uber driver. I was actually driving from one of these airports, uh, uh, you know, and I felt asleep. I felt like I was really tired and I was almost driving sleeping at the same time because yeah. I was driving about 18 hours a day, you know, Monday to Friday, Monday to, fr Monday to Friday, 18 hours a day. Then weekend, probably I'll do slightly less hours just to kind of catch up with my kids. And um, approximately, you know, almost 100 and something, over 120, 150 hours, you know, uh, a month. 
And on this particular day, I was driving from the airport and I, and I fell asleep and I decided to park over in the petrol station to sleep. And that was the moment for me, you know, because I, I fell to sleep. It was quite a very, you know, it's not a very long nap, probably about 30 minutes nap. And in that dream, I started thinking, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't literally do this anymore. I don't want to die on the road driving. And, I, and those were my thoughts. But I fell asleep. And when I woke up from my sleep, when I was in my sleep, I was basically in a networking event. I was in a property training program. And I woke up from that sleep and took out my phone. And I was on Facebook. And I'm just feeling sick and tired of everything around me at that particular point. And the law of attraction and the law of nature, right? And I opened up my Facebook page and I saw a link to a face for a property training event saying invest in property with little or no money and stuff like that. And I thought it was all a scam in my head as well, because every single person that I told after that day said it was a scam. And I paid 70 pounds Unlike now where you can go to free masterclasses mm-hmm. and even get some information, even if you don't want to buy. And that was my story. And from that very point, I took the gamble, the leap of faith, you name it, anything you want to call it. I paid 70 pounds because it was the last 70 pounds that I had on my credit card. Right. And I paid for that event, went to central London and the guy speaking on the stage, talking about all these creative strategies. And I'm like, where the hell have I been? Yeah. I'm like, I've been in this country. I was an immigrant, 18 good years now today. Um, why have I not heard all this information? And the worst thing was, I was the only person of color in that room. So being a, being somebody from a diverse community, we go to church, we go to all different places of religion and parties and you name it. But there's something that people don't often invite you to, business seminars, business networking events, where you can talk and, you know, create great, you know, momentum on how to, to get ahead. And so for me, that was the moment for me. That moment was, I'm going to go out there and do whatever it takes and I'm going to be successful. All right. And as I grew through my property journey and I said, I'm going to be that guy within my community. All right. The ethnic minority, they're going to know of a successful property investor. So I can also help them too. And I'm so glad that in six years that I've never backed out on the promises that I told myself in that event and built a massive property business, you know, got great education company. So it, it just goes to show that you have to, there has to be that moment. Like you said, it has to be that moment where you realize that actually, what are you doing? Is this, is this what you're going to do all your life? Testing, testing and testing and testing and testing and not actually finding, it's like spinning so many balls. You're just juggling so many balls, right? And you're never actually catching one. You know, it's, it was terrible. And that was that moment for me. It's, I always feel like um, a lot of people never have, so I feel sorry sometimes for people who don't sort of have that moment and even more sorry for those that realize it but don't take action because, you know, I, I'm thankful for myself in the past and maybe you are as well, Daniel, and hopefully 100%. many of the people out there will, will be in positions either taking action to take action to do whatever it takes to get where you need to because I like to think that you know, an average life is, let's say, 80 years long, you know, and that's touch wood if you're lucky. And it's like, you, you've only got 80 years. And it's like, I want to do as much as I can in that time. And so me exchanging my time for money in a night job and a day job, or you exchanging 18 hours a day in Uber, or and for the listeners, whatever it is that you may be doing at the minute, isn't you living that 80 years to its maximum. You know, one of my highest values is I want to live a vibrant life experiences. You know, it doesn't mean going wild and hedonism and stuff like that, but it does mean being able to do the things you want with your family, being able to 
um, you know, go out to trips away, trips abroad, kind of being able to influence the world, yeah. you know, having a bit of power. And it, like you said, help the people around you as well, whether it's um, a community of colour, whether it's environmental change, whether it's people abroad, whether it's homelessness in the UK, whatever it is, you know, money and success is something you need to really influence that. You must be strong yourself to be able to help others. Absolutely. And I, and I say this all the time. It's like a sinking ship, a sinking man. If you're sinking and you're drowning, in the, in, you're drowning. You can't, you can't, you can't rescue another person. Both of you are going to die. So you have to first help yourself first, right? And that's, for me, that's, that's, that's huge when it comes to success, isn't it? Because you can't give what you don't have, right? You can fake it, but it will catch up on you pretty, pretty quick. So you have to first give yourself that freedom before you can actually teach someone else how to, you know, to, to, to get freedom. You have to first become financially ahead before you can actually show someone else how to become a financially ahead. So yeah, it's, it's a quite a very interesting space, right? Isn't it? It's quite a very interesting space. Yeah. I think that, you know, particularly in the property education space, the one thing I'd say to look out for is to make sure the people you're dealing with are actually doing deals, you know? And so for instance, Daniel, I've followed you on Instagram. I see a couple of the um, big projects you're doing in London, sort of 450 grand houses being bought to find this um, for ourselves in Jamie's, uh, Jamie York's YouTube channel that we do our property, the property reviews on there, all deals we've bought or sold to investors. Yep. Um, I'll tell you something that was really telling me is we went to the property investor show, which I'm, you may have heard of is a huge, the, probably the biggest property investor event in the Excel in London, an exhibition center. We deliver property education, but we're also a property investment company first and foremost. And the other, none of the other education companies that were there had a property stand. You know, uh, I just sort of reflect on that. Like we were there to advertise our hands-free portfolio building in, in Yorkshire. That was our primary aim. And we, we did quite well from that. But the other educate, they, they weren't there as property companies. It's kind of like, that's the, if there was one thing in particular to look out for is make sure who you're dealing with is really doing deals. 100%. You have to be, these are people, people buy from who they like and trust, right? Yeah. First, you have to like someone. So we, when we reach out to you to be on our podcast, we basically have to do some digging, right? Yeah. My team have to kind of do some few checks because we don't just want to, I value my audience a lot and we don't just want to bring people that hasn't got some sort of story, you know, behind them. And if I'm right, you, you, you guys just recently won an award as well, you know, and being able to be recognized in the industry and be able to share your true value of what made you get into property for the first thing. Right. So it's all about the, uh, right now, what we have out there is like the crab in the bucket situation somehow. Yeah. And people are just trying to, you know, everyone is trying to get to the top, but everyone is trying to push everyone down, isn't it? But if we kind of personalize that information to you, right, you as an individual say, okay, where do I want to go first for me, build an organization and then go out to be a solution provider, which we are. So I kind of have businesses that offer solutions in different ways, whether through coaching, whether through investments, you know, trying to do deals together, you know, give great return on investment and all of that. So what I'm trying to say is that the industry right now, there's a lot of positivity, same as a lot of negativity. But again, whatever you do, go in with your two eyes open rather than one eye open and the other one closed, or you basically going in completely lost. Yeah, completely. And and not dissimilar to yourself. You know, I started by getting my in property by getting myself educated. And I actually, to give you the, I actually did try to do it ourselves 
and mess it up. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear. I am originally from South East London, so it may come up occasionally. <laughs> but, um, the, please, don't, please don't swear. Don't leave me on. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, we, you know, we having realised that the other stuff we tried in work wasn't going to work, we knew, okay, I'll, we want to get into property. And we'd seen that Homes Under the Hammer show, which I'm sure, I don't even know if it's still on, but I'm sure it, it is, you know. And we'd seen it a few too many times and seen the people on there and thought, do you know what, we can do that. So Jamie and I gathered the rest of the money we had and we bought a house for £21,800 uh, in Burnley. It was number 36 Burdett Street. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I imagine a house of 21 grand, you could barely, you probably get about half a garage for that in most parts of London, right? Um, but this was a three bed terraced house in Burnley. Yeah. Um, when you walked in the door, you could smell the profit. You know, the carpets were massively stained. There was an in- indoor washing line, you know, the deck hadn't been decorated since the 50s. Uh, the toilet yeah. had been um, used more than it had been cleaned. It was uh, it was a real uh, pigsty of a place, but and it was also several hundred miles away from where we were. So, so I was at the University of York at the time. Jamie was in London, and we'd travel every now and then, you know, from three hundred miles away to this twenty one thousand eight hundred pound property trying to refurb it. Yeah, and you can imagine this the slow speed that two effectively teenagers were trying to refurb this house, thirty six Bedette Street, right? <laughs> so um what we did was we thought, do you know what? We've heard a bit of our leverage. We're gonna get the next door neighbour to put in some of the stuff. So um, you know, we thought we'd be smart. So we said, right, you know, we'll buy the kitchen, we'll buy the materials, you can install it, and then we'll um pay for the labour afterwards, you know, because we're smart, we don't pay them all up front and stuff like this. Yep. So we then drive away three weeks later, we could we come back and open the door and nothing's changed. You know, the property, the air in the property is still thick. Nothing's changed at all. Hmm. We're like, what the hell? So we go next door, knock on the door, and there's no answer. You know when someone's in, when you, you know, you put your head up against the thing and you can sort of see the curtain shuffling a bit. So we put our head up against the window and we saw our kitchen perfectly installed in his house. You know, he'd perfectly installed that in his property. And... He'd effectively take like you know, just taking the materials, installed them in his house, and then was deciding not to contact us again. And we just didn't know what to do because that's a, it's no small amount of money. Yeah, you know, that, at the time it was uh, sort of four, four and a half grand, and we can laugh at it now, but at the time that was gutting because we we poured what little we had left into property and not done it right because we didn't have the right education because we didn't know what we were doing. We thought the TV show Homes in the Hammer, where you learn about flips and buy to let. And that's the extent of the strategies was it. Um, and it was only after that we went to our similar property investment event in London, actually, as well, um, to start getting educated. So I've, I've seen both sides of that. And, uh, you know, we ended up, if I'm being generous to myself, Daniel, I'd say we lost like eight grand or so on it. But the, the emotion loss and the time, you know, was something hard to, to fight back from. But like you said, you know, you do whatever it takes. You need to carry on going. Absolutely. You, you, you always have to carry, you know, carry on, keep doing what you're doing. And I say sometimes as well, it gets to the point where it starts to really work. And when it starts to work, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Just keep repeating and just keep repeating until you compound to the place of confidence and comfort and then stretch yourself to the next boundary. And, and that's just how people accumulate this wealth, you know, and also, most people got started in property on the back of homes under, under the hammer and got it all wrong without the right proper education. And 
that some people did it well and then they made profit. But a lot of people have not been able to, you know, replicate or duplicate, uh, whichever way you, you know, you, we want to call it to basically scale that into a business that can become a wealth strategy for yourself, your family to even becoming a business that can lead to even building an empire in the nearest future. Because we all have what it takes to actually compound wealth. But it's just that we do something once. Sometimes people struggle to do it the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth time. You know, without the support of, I don't call it a guiding light, because, you know, when you're a figure that's a leader in a community, um, you always, I think, must remain humble and you're always looking to learn yourself. But without someone that's done those two, three, even up to 10 steps ahead from you, it's hard to, and the, the other people around you that are maybe a few steps ahead or even a couple that are a few steps behind that you can help pull up. Yeah. It's hard to get your, keep that momentum moving forward on your own. You know, Absolutely. it's like, a, yeah, it's, it's like you see these pelotons in the Olympic bike races, you know, where they're, they're all riding together. One of them's facing the wind, you know, it's the most experienced ones facing the wind and the rest of them are all sort of in the slipstream moving faster, moving along with them, pushing each other, occasionally switching out to give the leader a rest and stuff like this. And they all get further faster. I think that's the difference between a community like yours, community like Aspires and, and the others, you know, those that kind of on the periphery. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great. So, I mean, I want to really dig into what property investing is like in, I mean, when we met before the recording started on this training just now, you said Leeds City, the home of property investing. Yeah, so so we, we moved to Leeds uh, about five and a half years ago now, and it was I'd love to say it was for strategic reasons, but it was kind of complete chance, you know. Um, we, we moved up here because uh, we thought, let's try somewhere outside of London. We didn't want to live too close to parents and family because, you know, we didn't want to be around the same negativity. And I appreciate that's a freedom that, you know, being young, we were able to do. Um, we just chose Leeds by complete chance, Daniel. And, uh, you know, six and a half years later, um, the reason I say is the whole, we, we build our primary business. We are a property trader. So if you imagine that we speak to homeowners, vendors from all walks of life, typically in the North of England, um, and some of them will need to sell their house really quickly. Mm-hmm. Some of them will need to sell their house slowly and, yes. so, and anywhere in between. And the tools we then have as a property trader facilitate any one of those. So if someone needs to sell their house in three days, we can do that. Um, the, the quickest I've done is half a day, but that's like really a bit of a stretch. You have to physically go into the solicitors with the vendor to do that, you know. And uh, so that's a bit pushing it. On the other side, we've also, you know, we, we've won awards for our estate agency as well. So people that just want to sell on the open market. But our main business is, is portfolio building for clients across the country, indeed the world, um, in West Yorkshire. Looking for, uh, so we search for reliable buy to let houses in great areas. They're going to get great tenants, family tenants that are never going to leave you. That's going to increase in value quite substantially. Um, you know, and, and that's going quite well for us. So the reason I say Leeds is the home and property investments for us, it is, you know, we practice what we preach. We've built our portfolio of, um, I think it's something like 25, 20, 25, 26 buy to lets. And then I think they've got another nine at the minute. There are various different stages of trades across the country. Um, you know, into, into a, uh, business, you know, we've, uh, we've set up our shop here, got 20 staff up here and, um, yeah, so eager to like, we, we've, this property is an interesting industry. Um, Absolutely. 
But I think, you know, being based in London, because we had a choice when we grew up about whether or not to stay in the Bexley Heath, Dartford area, which we were originally from. And part of the reason that we chose the North was the affordability. Yeah. You know, and the, I believe wealth is abundant. So you can buy buy to lets and flips and BRRs in London. In fact, we've got two of them there at the minute. We've got two trades we're doing in London, um, properties we've bought and then they're just selling straight on. But there is no surprise, no secret that the house prices are cheaper in the North. And I'd be interested, Daniel, is it, I don't know if that's something you or your listeners have explored before or, you know, you know a lot about or not a lot about or. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a very interesting conversation. And I'm sure we're going to really dig into this conversation of, of affordability prices, property prices up north, especially Leeds, Manchester, Bolton, you know, the surrounding neighbours. Mm. You know, when I first immigrated from Nigeria to the UK, uh, I think I, I lived in Chapel Town. So at that time where I lived in Chapel Town in Leeds, quite a very rough area. And in fact, everyone that actually lived in Leeds at that time would be like, it's like they look they, there's a there's a there's a way they look at people living in london like it's like you're semi too super wealthy if you live in london i don't know if that's still the case so when i got into property uh many years back for i mean six years ago i got into property i just said to myself i want to be a london investor the very first home i owned uh with my wife uh as a family home we we lived in you know we we lived in bromley and we bought that house here now I still relate my memory back to when I lived in Leeds. So it was too quiet for me. It was too laid back. It was too reserved. You can basically count the number of cars, you know, 18 years ago in the streets of Leeds, you know, when, when I first visited that, that part of England. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and it was quite a very interesting city for me. And Opna was always very, very interesting. But the last time I went to Leeds, about four years ago, I'm like, am I in Leeds or I'm actually in Liverpool Street in, in London? And you can't literally differentiate. And it's so affordable for anyone to buy, you know, because let's say, for example, an average in my gold mine area, I, all my properties are in South London. An average two bed property right now in today's market is 400,000 pounds if you're lucky. That is if you're lucky, right? 400,000 pounds for a terraced four bed house. Sorry, two bed house, sorry. And if you're looking to buy a, five, a three bed property and terrace, maybe some detached, really run down, not great condition, looking between 450, 475, 500,000, 550 with absolute massive competition on offers. It's like the bidding war is absolutely like the, the bidding war is just, there's no word for me to even quantify it right now. And yet people are buying it like, People literally buying it. Then you're, you're looking at it, buying a house in Leeds, for example. I don't know what the prices are there, but I'm sure Leeds probably you look at about two hundred, maybe yes, 150. You know, and then a lot of London investors are going down there to invest. And I'm like, I want to invest in London because I know, regardless, my prices ten years from now, regardless, will double in value. Um, most of my property, most of my HMOs at the moment, I'm getting about you know. The, the lowest of them all, I'm getting about 18% return, mm. you know, um, some 22. And people are saying in London, we don't think that numbers is, you know, it's ridiculous because we are thinking that in London, usually you're getting about 8 to 10%, 12% return on investment. But I'm getting 18. Uh, one of my rooms in one of my HMOs rents for £1,200. Yes. You know, yeah, that's more than a house with up here. That's more than a, yeah. I, I believe in like a king in Leeds with mm. £1,200. <laughs> It's um 
the there's nothing this we're not going to i think get into whether the disparity in prices is fair or not but what i do think is true is that you can make either work what doesn't work is trying to do both at the same time yeah. you know if you're trying to invest in london and leeds unless you're sort of strategic in the method you do that um you, you, it's difficult to really have both as kind of to try and do both if you like yeah. so you can't be a world ex it's hard to be a world expert it takes many years let's say um, I don't know if your properties are sort of Bromden, Bromley, Croydon, um, you know, that sort of way, uh, Daniel. I think that sounds about right to me. So yeah, the RCR postcode. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not in Croydon because of the Article 4 restriction because I just go into boroughs. Article 4 is coming to Bromley now, but I, I normally go into boroughs where there is no restrictions at all because the exit is pretty straightforward. Yeah. On like uh, when you have restrictions, you have to go for planning. Planning can take almost forever. You know, so I just find areas or postcodes that there is no article restriction and go in and you know transition a property from a c3 dwelling into a c4 and obviously transfer from the c4 into a sui generis type hmos so that's my sort of strategy and obviously creating consistent case studies to enable me prove my market to my investors to the valuer to the lender and just basically help me scale my portfolio it's um Leeds has been changing sort of over the last few years. Like you said, when you came back, it's you know wildly different. And I, the whole of West Yorkshire has, but I'd say Leeds is the pinnacle of it. You know, it's the capital because the, the property prices are growing and growing at the same sort of rates. It's just the the actual values in absolute terms are a bit different. So you know, it's it's got a population of near if just shy of eight hundred thousand. It's actually a bit bigger than Manchester Leeds. It really surprises people that because yeah. if you like intuitively, Manchester is a better known city. You know, um, especially from investors in Hong Kong. But when it comes to, you know, the sold STC rates, as you mentioned about how fast properties are selling, we like to use this metric of what portion of the properties on right move in a given area are sold subject to contract, you know, and use that as an indicator of how fast that particular market is at a given point in time. And it's for most, in fact, almost the whole area for houses, it's almost over 70%. Like if you go on right move, there might be a hundred properties, you untick sold STC and there's only 30 that are actually for sale. You know, so you can see the prices growing over time and you're about right with 190 grand for the average. We, we tend to target properties that are 100 to 150 grand for our investors because the yield's a tiny bit higher. Um, and you'll hear, so if you've uh, tuned into Jamie York's YouTube channel, he'll say, you know, he likes boring vanilla buy to lets. We, we obviously do the BRR elements and stuff like this as well. Um, but it's, uh, it keeps them, like the rent relative to the yields is a really good, solid return. And I'm not surprised because in, a, in London, for that 450 grand property, Daniel, um, unless you're buying it creatively, I imagine people would need 100 to 150 grand. You're, you know, looking, at, you're looking at more. If you're, by the time you're looking at about 25% deposit on the bridge and retain interest, you know, um, you're, you're spending about almost 180, including stamp duty at 8%. You know, you're looking about... Every given point in time, to buy a property around 450, you're looking to spend about 180 tops, including some other legal fees. Um, yeah, and it's 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 quite it's quite a lot of money. And then you're also looking at refurb, right? So converting a standard four bed, three bed to six bed H uh, uh, en suites, uh, maybe two kitchens in that property, you're looking at about easy easy 200 thousand pounds in today's market. Yeah. Yeah, we, so that would be what three hundred and eighty thousand pounds spend. Yeah, and um, you know that's the hard cash you need to then have before you then refinance and obviously hopefully pull out a fair amount of that. But 
in Leeds is more like 50 grams. It's the amount that for our typical buy-to-let investors, we say they need for a, a standard, it all included, you know, including half, including the stamp duty, the deposit, the refurb, tenant finding, everything you can think of. And so obviously the portion of the pool of people, if you imagine how that has 50 grand, is more than double or triple the numbers that have 150 just because it's it's a slightly lower number, right? So I think that that's kind of caused the, the, the that fact and those facts have kind of caused the the demand for properties in the north to grow, particularly among investors in the south. Um, we've done an analysis of our hands-free investors. Most of them are from the south of England. And, yeah. and the second biggest portion is from abroad. Very, very few of them are from, let's say, north of Watford, you know, to, to draw the line somewhere there. So, um, yeah, it's... It's, it gives a real value, Adam. For those of you who it are, it does <laughs> absolutely. And you know, for the opportunity for those in London, you might think, okay, oh, but I want proximity to these properties. It's like on the flip side, you've got proximity to one of the wealthiest cities in the world. You know, if I was in London, I'd be looking at going, okay, how can I raise finance, find investors, and maybe partner with people in the north, maybe in Daniel's community, maybe in Aspire's community, maybe other sources who are like, you know, who are looking, able to find those sort of properties, but not able to find the investors. And it's collaboration, you were saying it before you come on, that really can help people grow in the property market, particularly when you're looking to get started. Absolutely. And collaboration is the, is the, people ask me a lot of time, why do you do podcasting? And I said, I do podcasts because, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to collaborate. You know, I reach to your audience, you reach to my audience. We together change the world together, right? So let's just say we've got a hundred people, you know, that, that gets inspired by this podcast. Now they're going to be aware of London. They're going to be aware of Leeds at the same time, right? And this is just the power of collaboration, right? So, and you're going to have people flooding into Leeds now to want to, to want to invest. And this is, this is property. So I built a very large portfolio of property, uh, within two years, especially during the lockdown. And now, you know, value, you know, value over, over, over 7 million now all in the name of collaboration. I could have never done that with my money. I could have never done that without collaborating with people. Joint venture 50, 50% ownership. Joint venture 70% ownership against 30%. You know, total cash injection by, you know, great return on investment, you know, by an investor. So there's so many creative ways and it's all about collaboration. And I had a conversation not too long ago and I said, what is the most interesting currency right now? And he agreed with me that collaboration was the biggest currency. I think that there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. Never. They have a controversial thing to say, but you know, any self-made millionaire has a team of people around them, supporting them, lifting them up, that they've engaged as partners or they've engaged as employees and staff, you know, to, to get them to that millionaire status. So it's absolutely essential. And for someone who's a bit more introverted, it's, it's something that can come as a challenge, but I think that you have to, you have to push the boundary of your comfort zone to get where you want to get to. You know, like we were saying earlier, that life's only 80 years or so long. If you want to, if you're truly interested in living the best life possible, you kind of need to observe the masses and do the opposite and get yourself out your own way. So whether it's, um, you know, I'll be interested to hear, Daniel, what the most common challenge you think people getting started in property have? Because for me, it was, you know, sort of around sales and getting over yourself when it comes to calling agents or getting a rent to rent deal in or, you know, stuff like that. Um, we've all got our own scars on our backs. So I don't know if there's any common ones among your community as well. We might be able to help tackle too. I think the, the biggest one has been mindset. Mind. You know, it, it's, it's like we, we live in this little Island where, you know, 
uh, let me use uh, i don't mean to be very harsh on this but i'm gonna i'm gonna have to be because i like to be i like to be i like to be daniel I, I love to be open so i say you know way back you know talking about slavery right we we you know africa going you know you know inverted you know, by, 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 by emperors and superiors and uh, capture the entire land. Right. Mm. And we said, Oh, we're now in prison and we're slaves now. Right. The mindset of people today is that people have actually enslaved themselves to lack of education, to lack of inspiration, to lack of taking action, to lack of seeing the bad side of you and not actually doing something about it. Does that make sense? Because what I'm trying to say with this is that people used to give people information completely free to go and do something with it. And people will find every single reason why it's not going to work and listen to why it's not going to work against why it's going to work and stay where it's not working because they don't want to take risks because they don't want to do something bigger for themselves. And especially now at days where anyone can actually become anything, Right. 20 years ago, I was probably 22 years old and I didn't know about Facebook. I didn't know about iPhones. I'm 42 now. And, you know, flat screens and all this, all these things that we have today. So you can look at how much more the world has actually transformed. So, and, and, and you want to pick up, picture this back to you as a person or pick, you know, to the listeners right now. It's all about making that transformation where, for example, something like, you know, once upon a time where we had a handset, phones, where we have the Turaya handset, the big Nokia 33 handsets to, 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 to flat screen yeah, phones now, right? So, and that is it. And this is it. And anyone that needs to build wealth has to think in that, you know, coming out of that self enslavement, you know, and to do more, to aspire to, to, to become more and stretch yourself beyond the limits that actually Anyone with the right information can go and grab some information and build wealth, whether in, whatever you choose to, whether it's crypto, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's business, property. Why? I mean, one of the reasons why I love property, because it's something that would, every other thing will go, but property will still be here 20, 50, 100 years time with appreciation. And in England, it's never built enough homes for people to live in. So for me, I think the mindset of people just understand it actually, yes, you can actually meet someone. You can actually do a podcast with someone, for example, and you guys can become a, you can become friends. And over, over a period of, you know, being friends, you can actually become an investor, even collaborate to do business and even create an income. So I, I, I don't know if you kind of agree with me on that. I think that you're absolutely right in terms of the, you refer to it as the slavery mentality. I like to think of it as you want to be a victor, not a victim. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that sort of culture going around and the more responsibility you can take on your own success. Like see, responsibility gives meaning because what, what people don't often look at is the opposite of taking responsibility because that has its own appeal. You know, you could quite, it's quite comfortable to sit there for people to say, oh, you know, I tried this and it didn't work because of X or, you know, I tried Y, but uh, I couldn't get the funding or I couldn't, you know, I, I tried Facebook ads and they oh, I got a load of rubbish responses. I tried ringing agents and they all told me they didn't do corporate lets. Um, it's very easy to sit there. And that has like the, the pull of that is it makes you feel okay. But the, and the problem is a lot of people don't go out and set value, like realistic goals and take responsibility for getting there kind of because they then feel okay with not, not achieving them. But the more responsibility we take, the more meaning we can get in life. 
Absolutely. So you, you need is necessary for you to take that on and go, do you know what? Like, yeah, okay, I tried ringing those 10 agents there and it didn't work. Let me try another 10. Let me try tweaking it, you know, to continuously improve. And I, I love doing that in an industry like property where um, it's an asset class that's thousands of years old. You know, the first uh, property invested, property as an asset class was around with Roman times. Um, there's a, a rich Roman chap called uh, Marcus Crassus who used to buy properties BMV um, just around just over 2,000 years ago. He used to, well, his method was a little bit questionable, Daniel, but hopefully you'll get the reference. He used to, <laughs> um, he used to get an inside knowledge on who was going to get expelled from the city. And then um, just beforehand, they would, um, you know, like they, they're obviously going to get expelled. And he'd say, look, um, you're going to get kicked out of the city. If I buy your property off you, you've got some money to leave with, you know, so he'd, he'd use the inside information there. I think he also started a, a fire service where they said, look, um, he owned the fire brigade. Okay. And so he'd go, I'll buy your home off you. Uh, like it, they'd have fires started and they go, you know, whilst it's on fire, it's like, look, I'm not going to put it out, but I'll buy the property off you. And then you buy it and put it out. So, but the, the, the fact that that's been an asset class been around for thousands of years, you know, the value of all the land in England in 1086 was about 11,000 pounds. Um, according to the doomsday book, it's, and I wish I'd have invested then. I don't know if you wish you bought the majority of England, Daniel, for, for 11 pounds. <laughs> of course, of course. I, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, on, on a nutshell, it just goes to show, you know, getting the right information at the right time, taking action at the right time. Doing whatever it takes to get to where you want to, you 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 want to you want to get to, you know. So yeah. So um, Dan, my my next question to you is, you know, you provide services, right? Uh, you know, in terms of portfolio building, you said, you know, all over England, and 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 we we spoke about the London market, and we spoke about the um, the, the market up north. Now a lot of people are getting to Liverpool, a lot of people are getting to Merseyside, a lot of people are getting to Newcastle. You know, buying property for like 80 grand, doing some light refurb and getting, you know, refinanced or sell or let. Now, what, what's the yield saying? What is the supply and demand against, you know, you know, you know, the, the bigger market at the moment, you would say? Yeah. So, so one of our brands, so our main brand is called Aspire Property Group. I also own a brand called We Sell BMV, which stands for We Sell Below Market Value. Um, and, which means we've sold, we've sold properties all the way from Devon all the way up to Northumbria and the very northeast and everywhere in between. And typically the yields in the central belt of England, if you imagine drawing a line from Liverpool across Manchester, Leeds, all the way to Hull, you're talking about seven or eight percent in terms of a standard yield. Um, because the price, the rents are going up and the prices are going up. When you start to go further north to County Durham, it's more like on the nine percent market, but the challenge there is the there's a scarcity or sparseness of homeowners, which means that the prices aren't driven up quite as fast. So if you imagine that you've got a, pro, a 50, 60 grand property to sell in County Durham, your only real market is other investors. Whereas in, you know, if you're in Liverpool or Merseyside all the way across to Hull and everywhere in between, it's, it's inundated with homeowners as well as investors. Investors, yeah. And I think that makes a very big difference Absolutely. in terms of the deals you can get. So, yeah, so seven to eight percent for a standard house in the north. Once you say it goes to Birmingham southwards, it starts to get back down to six percent. Um, inside the M25, as you said, the yields, like I think for a buy to let in most parts of London, a six percent yield would be 
incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. I know you obviously HMO supercharges that, and you're right to do that. But um, yeah, it's a it's a very the yields are a very different thing, but also the your cash goes further because you've kind of got more buying power. If you've got a hundred grand in cash, you can buy a property in cash in the north. Whereas in London, it's just it, you know it's enough maybe for the deposit. So, that's, if you're, that's if you're lucky. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's true. That's if you're uh, you know lucky to um, to get to find a property for sub four hundred grand. And I think the reason that a lot the big mistake a lot of people make is trying to buy a property remotely without a contact in the area. You know, so I'm not saying it has to be yourselves, um, but it, it can be another sourcer, maybe a sourcer in your community. And you'll notice, Daniel, I've, I always refer to what we do as portfolio building because I want to stand out from the crowd as people that say sourcing or deal packaging. But that ultimately is what the strategy is, right? Um, so there'll be other people that you can collaborate with in the north if you're looking to invest up that way. Absolutely. And, and that's the way to really do it because a lot of deal sourcers can source your property, but not a lot of them can actually provide the end-to-end service. Buying the property putting all the legal team in place, getting the legal conveyance in place, refurbishing that property, getting our property tenants and managing on a day-to-day, basically covering all the different stages of actually making it a complete hands-off and creating that win-win for that investor. Not a lot of property sources are like that. A lot of property sources finish on one end, which is just basically finding the property. And again, sometimes not a lot of them are really great finding a good deal and able to analyze it properly, right? Yeah, which, yeah, which which becomes a, a big problem when you're kind of a London investor trying to invest up north, isn't it? Yeah, and you know you really want someone who's been able to provide off market properties. Um, it's not so much that they're discounted; it's that off market ones are have a little bit less competition. So almost every property we find is an off market property. You know, we're very good at doing Facebook ads. We do a lot of direct direct vendor marketing. We do also have partners and junior brokers that supply them to us as well over from the network we've brought over the years. So. It means that you're not trying to fight amongst the others. Because if you ring an estate agent in Liverpool, and I encourage people to kind of try this and try and buy a 70, 80 grand house in Bootle, um, you're like you're 15th in a queue of 15 that are all pay, paying above the market value for that little property there is, is crazy at the moment, is the demand. Um, funny enough, there's a, there's a website called The Advisory. Um, and The Advisory is, is intended as an impartial house seller's advice service it's a really interesting site because they have a heat map of whether it's a buyer's market and seller's market and the the vast majority of the country is a you know a seller's market at the minute there is a few spaces in london where the flats market is is a bit more of a buyer's market but i think that's down to ews ones you know so um really interesting to see Absolutely. Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this podcast. Listen, you've basically nailed it down, share a lot of value in the market and what's happening. So right now, would you say, um, just before we wrap up this podcast, what would you say right now, if a London investor is looking to invest in property and they're based in, you know, they don't want to come down physically to, 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 to look at that property and looking to buy remotely. What would you say, you know, is is the best option really for them, and 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 how can you be a, be be of help to that? So I think you you should engage a trusted um, sourcer, you know, or a deal packager or portfolio builder. So um, from our, from our own point of view, if you head to Aspire Property Group, A S P I R E Property Group. uk, we um, we always love to give value first. It's one of our one of our values. So there's a guide there that will give you a bit of an insight into the Yorkshire market. You know, and that's free for you. 
Um, you know, so you can download that. It'll give you a bit of an insight there as well. And, you know, we'd love to maybe be that partner at the same time. Um, you know, there are other sources in other areas, including ones that both myself and Daniel, that yourself doubtless have yeah. trained as well. So, um, yeah, I would most certainly recommend connecting with someone because we tried to do it on our own when we lived 300 miles away and we ended up getting our kitchen stolen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, well, I would not recommend doing that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure. So, Dan, if anyone is looking to to reaching out to you, your, you know, your team, you know, um, obviously you, you've mentioned your your uh, Aspire property a lot. Um, so would that be the best place to reach you or your Instagram handle was the best way to yeah, reach so you? So I think the, this, the next best place, what I'd recommend is certainly following Jamie York on YouTube, uh, my business partner. You know, he's, he's just gone past as of time of recording 60,000 um, subscribers and hopefully, you know, we're, we're trying to get uh, higher and higher, of course. Um, and then the my Instagram handle is Dan Buck and Property. So down the UCHN property. Um, picture of me doing a TED talk is the, uh, what's it called? The, the profile picture, just to make sure you got the right one. But, um, yeah, so it'd be great to obviously connect on there. Um, you know, hear about what you're all up to and see how we can help, uh, get you to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on this episode of the wealth and business podcast it's been an amazing one uh, so guys make sure you share this with a friend of a friend uh share this with your brother your sister who are looking to get started in property and again understanding the northern market you know these guys are doing amazing things up north and also across england uh, as well so reach out to them uh, just so that you don't forget we've got our wealth and business summit coming up in november 2022 uh, dates it's to be announced and also uh, we have our wealth and business awards uh, it's going to be also announced so make sure you stay tuned with all the appropriate links to get yourself registered and stay tuned uh, as we launch that event thank you so much for listening on on this episode and we're looking to see you on the next one take care